yeah, we don't we don't try hard enough for this to be worthy of nerves. But what the feeling of nerves is is that I've got food in the oven, and just knowing that I'm not there, <laughs> I'm not I'm not keeping my brain actively on it for the next hour or so. It's like the existential dread of what if it all goes wrong. Yeah, this one time. What if what if it burns? This one time and everything catches fire. What's in the oven for an hour? That you it's still uh, edible at the end. Well, you got the oven on low. For starters, and it's a pasta bake. Yeah, you should a pasta bake in there for an hour. If you got it, oh no! What is that noise? Oh, oh no! What is that? Oh, it's, I started thinking about food. What was the noise? It was apparently the neighbors doing some housework. <laughs> what on earth? <laughs> what is this? I got. What's going on? It's louder than my thoughts. That's so it's so louder than my thoughts. That's so loud. Is that like a drilling through the wall? I think they're drilling through the wall. And they're gonna, they're gonna, they're poking a hole through. Tell me my pasta's burning. Uh, do we just? But no, I don't. I don't actually leave it. Oh my goodness! It's so loud it interrupts me. Do we keep going or do we have? To, do we wait and like come back? I can do the show I don't later. No, I don't. I don't know. Right. So we, do we just like power through and see if they power through first? <laughs> see, see, see which powers are the most powerful. Oh gosh. Okay. Well. Wow. I don't even. What were we even talking about? Uh, putting pasta bakes in the oven for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to just disappear at some point during podcast and turn the oven down even further. Right. Okay. I can still hear the drilling. <laughs> what have, have they like told you? Hey, uh, next no. door neighbor, we're drilling through your wall today. I feel like yeah. I feel like they shoot since it's after five. It's a very random time to be doing housework. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. And maybe they're hanging up some new pictures. Is, did, did they literally just start in the last 90 seconds? Have they been doing this? That was it. That was the beginning. <laughs> and that's maybe the yeah, end we as well. They record and then they whap out the power drill. <laughs> I've been known to do that before. Yeah, but they're doing it for work, not pleasure. Ah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Anyway, James, how are you? <laughs> well, apart from the uh, very, very loud stomach grumbles that I've got going on that you can hear. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty good. Excellent. Overall. Pretty good. That's what I'll say. That's good to hear. Well, I was out for a, a good meal this weekend. That's always a nice thing. Oh, really? Where did you go? Uh, to a pizza place. We've been there once before. Uh, they very clearly pulled out the extra table for us <laughs> and put it right in the middle of the walkway. I've just realized... In fact, Colin, you might remember because you were there. Yeah, I've just realized you're actually referring to the dinner that we went to on Friday. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense now. The thing is, like, I do like Soho, but my goodness, it was... It did seem like they'd kind of awkwardly added on an extra table in the middle of the room they just they just plunked a table right where they all walk with their food you're like yeah okay it's fine we'll we'll put a table right in the middle fine yeah you were you came a bit later than us so you you missed the highlight which was them dropping a burger right beside said table they dropped well they actually dropped one yeah full full on right on the floor <laughs> nobody eats those i i genuinely think because it was right beside the table which was right beside the bar, which left zero space for them to walk down. I reckon they dropped a burger because we were there. As in they were just so jaw... I always almost said jaw-struck. That's not quite the word. Uh, jaw-struck. Yeah, they were so jaw-struck. And all dropped that uh, yeah. Cecil Parade were joining them for, for dinner. Well, it could be that or it could be that they're all in their routines of where they walk and then this <laughs> server turned around and was just about to step in their usual path and there was a table right there. So they tried to slam on the brakes, but burgers don't have brakes. <laughs> That's a very good point. No, they don't. <laughs>
Cheese Parade, episode 195. I'm Colin and he's James. I am. And welcome back once again to your almost weekly podcast that happens, your new favourite Scottish podcast, uh, talking <laughs> news, reviews, views and everything else uh, that Just, people want to we hear. We talk about stuff, yeah, yeah. We, we think that our thoughts demand your attention and for some people you know some people they do listen to this on a weekly basis and i do appreciate that very much we appreciate that yeah i don't understand why you do but i appreciate it i don't know it's maybe become i mean similarly to the two of us recording it's become somewhat of a custom i reckon there's at least two people out there that are way smarter than us and they just enjoy hearing two dumb people talk about stuff (sighs) and they're like well look at these dumb people and their dumb opinions i think the other thing is that you I know there are other people out there who who have never actually met us, and but who do listen, and that's cool because other people I feel are listening because they know who we are, and therefore are kind of feel maybe obliged, maybe a bit sorry for us, and so they say, <laughs> "Hey, Colin, sad. I listened to your podcast. It was okay." Oh man, you looked sad this week. I listened to your podcast. Hey, Colin, you were promoting yourself on Twitter with one of your other Twitter accounts. <laughs> one of your seven Twitter accounts. <laughs> no, that's not even that's not even inaccurate. I do actually have seven. Yes, yeah, seriously, it's it's awful. Like what? Well, one's work, one's seesaw parade. There's two real Colin. There's then no. There, there's professional Colin, and then there's like late night fun Colin. S- there's silly Colin. And then I've got three bands, all of which demanded a, twi- a Twitter page for all the touring we're gonna do. Yeah, no. You to keep all your fans up to date, you definitely needed Twitters for all those. Bands. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 not something you could have done if the demand arose. Well, exactly. But it's it's pointless. You know, I, I I've done it now. At least with Too late now, with yeah, with Motion committed. Scoundrel, which is the the self titled project, I don't think I'm going to be doing any more of that anyway. <gasps> so that's that's kind of been put to rest. It was you know it existed for a time. It was a an excellent outlet for me at the time, but at the moment, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of done with it now. I've moved on. You've moved on. I I approve. I approve of that. It is it's good to know when a project is done. It, it's pretty. That's why I've been telling myself about this show for three years. <laughs> Yeah, very apt to say that on episode 195 of this podcast. Foreboding, foreboding and music starts playing right now. Maybe this, this is foreshadowing for the uh, the season finale, which is coming up in four episodes time. Podcast finale. Goodness. You know. That will be, uh, if we continue at this rate, <laughs> uh, it should be the end of March by the time we get to our... If is the big one there, yeah. We're going to have to design some sort of cliffhanger. I mean, whether or not anyone actually listens to the full episode to get to said cliffhanger, I don't know. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll just at the end of that episode, we won't say see you next time. Oh, yeah. Or, no one's going to know. Or you just won't say goodbye to someone, which is what you usually do. You'll just end. Yeah. I'll say goodbye to the podcast. Ah, that's that. That's it. That's our season yeah. two cliffhanger. That's the cliffhanger. And then you'll all come back for the next one and be like, oh, wow. Do, uh, do you know that was cheap. Sorry. That was cheap and dumb. Thanks, guys. James, you did actually ask how I was um, earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Let me just say, I had uh, I had a fun audition this week. <gasps> what? In which I had, to, I had to do, like, adverts and voiceovers and stuff on, on actual television. For what? For, for STV, man. Oh, yeah. You, you got... You got you I didn't tell you about adverts. that. I didn't tell you about that on Friday, did I? You, I've only heard a wee bit about oh, this. Oh, right. Well, anyway, it went really well. It was very fun. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to get it. It's one of these ones where I really, really, really want to get it, but I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to. Which is sad because it would be so much fun. It's. I believe in you, though. Yeah. Well, see, I I kind of do. I guess. 
<laughs> depends how I'm feeling. Depends what day it is. If it's a Tuesday, yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just th- Monday's not so much. Yeah. Everybody knows Tuesday's Colin's day. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's that was the original name before the Romans decided to go for something else. <laughs> yeah, way back when you outlived the Romans. Yeah, exactly. Well, back when I was a mythical being and named after <laughs> Thor. You know, Thor had Thursday. <laughs> So you got named after him, Colin. Yeah, well, precisely, precisely. <laughs> and you got your day, but uh, day. we will find out. I, I imagine by the time episode one nine six rolls around, we will know if Seesaw Parade has made it onto the national broad national broadcasting. Oh world. yeah, if we got another like yeah, if we got another TV voice back in the room, it's still just like non celebrity voices. We'll, we'll see. Then at that point, we can say that we've you know Seesaw Parade as a you know the royal we. Are on STV. Yeah. That's great. As heard on TV. Precisely. And then I can use my uh, voiceover uh, fame to promote us very slyly during the ad breaks. You know, we, we, yeah, you just need to do some like really subtle adverts for the podcast. That's a great shout. Yeah. Totally won't get fired for that. No, no, definitely worth it for the podcast that's never going to make money either. <laughs> Lose a real job for your hobby. We have. Perfect. We've discussed this before. We've made like a little bit. Have we ever made money on this? I don't think so. Not officially. Not officially, but we did sell a house. Okay, anyway, we've talked about that before. Let's talk about the show. Coming up, we've got <laughs> reviews of Armando Iannucci's new film, as well as uh, chat about Friends, Scotland, and the Democrat Party of the United States. But let's start with the coronavirus or COVID-19, which is still causing havoc across the world. That pesky coronavirus. It's still a bit. This is the news that 12 more patients in England have tested positive for coronavirus, taking the total number of the UK to 35. Three of them were already uh, close in close contact with, one, uh, with a previously diagnosed patient. Yeah. And then there was one person from Essex who had n- no relevant travel whatsoever who happened to also have it. So They just got it. We're at the stage, I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, James, I thought this thing was kind of slowly going away, but now it's ramped up again. Italy has had over 400 cases. I believe France had its first death this week. There have been cases in Germany, Denmark and Sweden. Uh, yeah, a few more. The US had its first death. US had its first death. There was a few more cases in Iran. And certainly the noises are that it's looking increasingly likely that this is about to topple into something more serious, unless actual significant measures are taken. Yeah, that's been the issue, is a lot of these countries are refusing to take the re- significant measures. Including the UK, I must add. Including the UK, because I thought we would, because we, we were like ramping up a bunch of like legal powers and stuff. So I was saying that that's just so they can actually do quarantines and things. But then they didn't bother doing that. It's still just like voluntary quarantines going on and the Minister of Health is like not really talking about it very much. Um, has actually talked about it like today to say that maybe we're going to shut down cities eventually. But that's what you need when it comes to one of these viruses is you need to be doing quarantines wherever it's necessary. But nobody's been doing that. Italy didn't do it and then it was too late. Uh, the US isn't doing it and they're also like pretending it's not real. Yeah, Donald, Donald Trump and um, pretending it's not even a thing. It's another hoax. But when you look and I think the good thing... To, to look at is the countries that have been able to manage it very well. So the likes of Singapore yep. were quarantining, treating, and they've managed to stop the spread, at least for now. They haven't had a, couple, a case in a few days last I checked, even though their numbers originally went 
went a wee bit. Um, so the issue, and I, I, I feel like I'm dumb because I believed that the UK and the US and all the rest of us would do a decent job. The issue is leaders not willing to put their economies at risk to to stop a disease well, yeah. that will actually just like cripple the economy. So the health secretary Matt Hancock this morning on Andrew Marr, this this morning being Sunday, yeah, told the program that no options were off the table. The UK was still within the containment phase of the outbreak. Yeah, it is, and yeah. Uh, that yes, they were considering essentially what the next step would be. One of which would be dissuading people from using public transport and essentially putting some cities on lockdown, which has happened. In, I want to say Milan in Italy. There are stories this week about residents in Milan who said the place had been essentially a ghost town over the last few days yeah. as the city contained the outbreak. That's what that's what works. If you look at China, they've had a they've had a couple of days where it's been like single figures new confirmed cases in big, big cities because they've got a quarantine lockdown. Like you're only allowed out for essentials and only if you're wearing a mask and you've got your relevant passes for your buildings and stuff. That's what we need to do in these situations. And we were all talking like we had uh, trust in governments and stuff to be able to do that where necessary. But most countries are showing that they aren't willing to because it would like cripple the workforce a wee bit. Yeah. There would be fewer people at work making money and that's bad for the stock market. So of course... It's 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 not happened, and it doesn't matter because the stock market crashed anyway. So you mentioned uh, some of the countries which are dealing with it, some better than others. The second, uh, well, the country which is being affected second worst behind China. There's definitely a better way of saying that. Was is sorry South Korea, where yeah, it's had crazy numbers. So they've had nearly four thousand reported cases, twenty one deaths, and now the leader of a religious sect in the country is facing a murder investigation over the fact that him and other members of his Shincheonji church hid the fact that they were infected and then people died. And that's the issue. People don't take this seriously when it's actually affecting them so if you've got any hint of a, any sort of thing like this you have to quarantine yourself that's just the rules you might not be at risk right so if i got it i'm not technically at risk because i don't have any underlying uh health troubles that would make it deadly uh, or at least most probably wouldn't make it deadly so so just to, just to say there to quarantine yeah just to say there that the actual fatality rate is two percent which is much lower than say sars from 12 years ago, but it is much higher than the common cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, sorry, regular flu, I should say. The regular flu. Um, but even the regular flu, scary enough, if you get yourself a dose of that and you're not vaccinated, don't go to the GP to get it sorted because you might spread it. Yeah, man. You've got to quarantine for even the smallest things. And I like we're all, and I especially noticed that I was assuming that there was common knowledge about these things, but it, it clearly isn't because we get stories of people like coming back showing signs of infection, being told, hey, quarantine yourself, and then going out for a dinner at a restaurant and stuff like that. So here's my question then, James. How long is this <laughs> looking into our crystal balls again? Yeah, the crystal balls are always wrong. Always wrong. Gonna gonna last. Because, for example, I know at least a couple of people who are planning to head away abroad to the likes of Poland or to Tenerife in April, and that could well be on hold. Well, yeah. With um, warmer weather comes less flu in general for all of these things so there's chat about by the time that the warm months come around for the um, populated areas in the northern hemisphere that we'll be able to handle it better but 
at this point, it's so hard to predict because we're seeing the incompetence of the leaderships once again, who are not entrusting the right people to make the right decisions and are just trying to pretend that nothing is going on. So while we could have been comfortable like a week ago, two weeks ago, thinking that there's going to be the right procedures in place, at this point, it's like, well, are they just going to let everybody get infected slowly to keep the economy rolling along? Okay. I don't know. Let's move on to other big news from the last seven days, including the fact that Harvey Weinstein has been found guilty of sexual assault, including rape, which... Speaking of other viruses. Indeed, which is the end, or the beginning of the end of this Me Too movement. It's the former... Yeah, the first of many cases against the Exactly. So the former Hollywood mogul, uh, 67-year-old Harvey Weinstein was convicted in New York of third-degree rape and first-degree criminal sexual acts. He still faces other charges uh, in LA, but at least 80 women had accused him of misconduct, and this is seen absolutely as a victory for the Me Too movement. As you say, this is just the beginning, I imagine, of what will follow uh, several more high-profile cases, also including our former First Minister, Alex Salmond. So, James, what does this victory and the guilty verdict for Harvey Weinstein mean for the wider society or this cultural movement? I mean, in terms of for the people that are going in to face these charges, it means that they're probably not going to follow his footsteps of pretending to need a a walker to look old and frail. Uh, That was just disgusting and cowardly. Yep. Uh, And... As far as for the wider world of actual decent people and or people who don't make these huge, big, awful mistakes in their lives, uh, it's a pretty good sign because this is someone who had power and money and they've been found as guilty as anybody else might have been. We might be seeing signs that the legal system is going to stand up for the people who need it rather than just uh, push things under the rug if you've got enough influence and wealth like genuinely if anybody out there is like holding back on talking about charges like these it's it's a good time to be considering um bringing them to the police or bring them to whoever so the judge ordered that weinstein be taken to prison immediately and his sentence will be delivered how long he'll be in prison for will be on March the 11th. So that's another, that will be eagerly anticipated to see actually what is this punishment? What's the length of time for this? I mean, true, yeah. Because like the recommended is like anything between five and 25 years. So if it comes out and they're like one month, then everything I just said is out the window. Um, But it should be some number of years. And then even after that's done, he's got charges waiting for him in LA. He's got charges waiting for him here and there. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about Disney and the news from the business world that the boss, Bob Iger, who has led the company through acquisitions, blockbuster franchises, and record box office sales, is stepping down as chief exec. So Disney said it's appointed Bob Chapek, who's previously ran the company's parks and products division, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who is going to replace Mr. Iger? He'll be sticking around until the end of uh, next year to direct, yeah. quote unquote, creative endeavors. Yeah. Um, which, in terms of Disney films, has kind of lately been how to creatively make all the films feel exactly the same as each other. Okay, let's just we'll take an overview before we we uh, uh, before I ask your your view on this. Disney recently bought out Rupert Murdoch's Twenty First Century Fox. 
with the rumour being they're going to drop the name Fox. Disney Plus is set to launch in the UK within the next month, and 13 of the 20 top box office films ever are Disney films. Yeah, Most yeah, of yeah. that, certainly the, the fact that Disney has become essentially the owner of everything, including Lucasfilm, well, yeah, the revival of Disney. Marvel, Pixar, is all under Bob Iger's... I was going to say steersmanship, but that's not quite the phrase I was looking for. His guidance. I mean, if you want to tie it to Pirates of the Caribbean, it is, right? <laughs> well, exactly. His, his, and that's uh, where it all began. That's the revival of Disney right there. It, well, it is. It is. So so before we talk about, okay, fair enough, the fact that Disney owns everything and is, is uh, in some cases, not the best thing for the industry, how would you summarize Bob Iger's impact on Disney itself? I mean, he made them a lot of money. Uh, his, I, I don't really know too much about uh, what we can credit him for aside from being a, a pretty great businessman in terms of seeing where is going to make money and buying it before it makes loads of money. I'd agree with that. And then letting it make loads of money for him. Um, and I'm sure he's got an eye for good art in these ways. Um, I think the bigger news is the guy is taking over uh Pretty not pretty pretty unpopular in his field. Really, as as far as I know, yeah, he's a parks guy. So he's the reason that we've seen so many stories of underfunded Disney attractions and like plans for huge big Disney parks that go and just get slowly cut down and down and budget cut yep. until it's like some screens, okay, and and a car. Uh, so. We might be looking at, instead of someone who is willing to buy out entire businesses in the hopes that they'll make big money, someone who will try to make projects cheap in the hope that they will make their return. Okay. Well, just to add some more facts and figures into Bob Iger's departure, the market value of Disney has increased fivefold during his time there. It's now worth around $230 billion. I can't afford that. Uh, Disney Plus currently has almost 30 million paying customers and uh, 7 of the 10 box office films, even in the last year, were Disney films. Yeah, They do have, and this this is when we'll, we'll take our critical eye to this, I, I'm reluctant to blame Bob Iger for the fact that Disney are beginning to have, well, very much have a stranglehold on the industry. But, it is very obvious to me that this Disney layer is over an enormous, well, certainly a majority of successful films out there, including, as we mentioned, everything from Toy Story to Avengers. There is that Disney veneer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like the slightly socially liberal... Um, but entirely establishment-driven plotline. But it's also the fact, and I'm not... Obviously, when you're Disney, you're not going to say, oh, no, we've got the money to buy Pixar, but now we'll let you know we'll let the competition flourish. Of course, we'll let them do that. That's fine. And the same with Marvel. They're hardly going to say, you know what? I know this, this uh, studio is making loads of money, but that's fine. We'll just let them continue to make money. So I get it. Buying these huge studios makes sense when you're already a massive company. However, yeah, yeah, it yeah. does mean that you are essentially flattening the competition and now everything's the same. It's either big old box office films from Disney or an indie darling. It is, it is increasingly yeah. becoming that way. Well, that's why when we see the other production companies putting out something and trying real hard 
um, and trying to make something original, it's important to support it. Uh, and that just sounds dumb, but we just don't want Disney to end up buying like Paramount and end up buying the Sony Film Division and yep. all the rest of that stuff. So whenever and you see Bloomhouse is going to be the next one. Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably right. Um, so whenever you see an independent or a still independent from Disney production, if you like it, buy the Blu-ray. Okay. It's, uh, let's move on before we talk about what we've been watching. Let's talk about the Democrat race and the challenger or the would-be challenger to President Donald Trump in November's election. The yeah. latest news ahead of Super Tuesday, where 14 different states are going to select who they want to be the Democrat candidate, is that Joe Biden who won the South Carolina votes, has said that he's very much still in the race against the leader of the contest, Bernie Sanders. So Bernie Sanders won the first three primaries in the States, and this fourth one, South Carolina, was decisively won by Mr. Biden, and uh, now he said that, yeah, he's not dead yet. He's still in it. What do you think? I mean, dead sounds preferable. Uh, I'm not going to say that anyone should go kill him or anything, but <laughs> strong words. He's, he's harm- strong words. He's real harmful to 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 the Democratic Party. Why is that? Well, because he's being what the Democrats really are, and what the Democrats really are is just pro 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 business and pro establishment, right? And not actually making any significant changes. If you think back to Obama's reign, like he didn't do anything uh, to. Like bring the banks to to account when they crashed the world and impoverished billions. That's true. And Biden's just that again, but old and senile and racist. Okay. But somehow he's managing to get uh, the 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 votes. Is that because he was Obama's vice? He was Obama's vice, and that's that's uh, endeared him to people who liked Obama. Yeah. And I'm not saying Obama was actually, I am saying Obama was evil because he did drone strikes and stuff. And if you do that, you're evil because foreign, you kill civilians. Yeah, foreign f- policy was horrendous. Yeah, so I am saying Obama was evil, but I'm not saying he wasn't popular. He was popular. And Joe Biden is getting some of that popularity. Yeah. And it's giving him some votes. But he's clearly losing his marbles. He's, he's, he's mumbling his words. He's saying things that are so incoherent. He's accosting journalists. Like, he doesn't look like he's running a good campaign, but he's just getting he's getting the votes because he's a recognizable name. And what we've learned is that people just vote for what they recognize, not what they actually know about. So this was uh, Mr. Biden's first ever victory in a primary in what is yeah. his third run for US president. Yeah. He won, as I say, it was nearly 50% of the votes ahead of Mr. Sanders, and it looks like the rest of the other, I want to say frontrunners, other also-rans, including Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, and Michael Bloomberg, who is basically Trump 2.0, appear to be slipping behind. It does, to me, look to be between Sanders and Biden, and Sanders has the edge at the moment, until Tuesday, where we have 14 primaries on the same day. This week is basically the week that tells us who's going to win. Uh, yeah, or at least it's the week where everybody else drops out and it goes down to the final two or three if they're pe- if they're feeling adventurous. Uh, Warren's popularity has tanked over the weeks. He, she looked like she was going to be. Um, I thought one of the she had a real runners. good shot. Yep, and then she just tanked it by misplaying a few big stories. Um, Bloomberg's only getting popularity because he's paying for a billion adverts on YouTube and stuff. Because he's 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 if if Sanders wins, Bloomberg's gonna get taxed a lot. 
So he's spending about 10% of what he would be taxed if Sanders won on the media campaigning to, to be the winner so that either he or Trump wins and then he's happy either way because he doesn't get taxed. Um, we got some small names still sticking about because he got three or four delegates each. Um, but we got other ones dropping out already. So uh, the other billionaire dropped out this, um, today and I've, already, I've just forgotten his name right now. Was it Klobuchar? No. But not enough names are dropping out for us to really know yet what's going to happen. But the overall conspiracy theory is that um, everybody but Bernie and one other person are going to drop out and there's going to be a high, a big effort from all these establishment folks to push all of the delegates and the superdelegates to vote for the other ones so that Bernie doesn't win, okay. even if he gets the popular vote. I mean, and that's that's a theory that I'm sure a lot of people will buy into. Well, I'd believe it because the Democratic establishment did it before. Well, I certainly believe they're against Bernie. I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't matter who else is on the uh, is on the potential uh, list. They will conspire to keep Bernie out because Bernie does not want to make their rich friends richer. That's true. And the Democrats are very interested in keeping their rich friends rich. Okay, let's talk about what we've been watching this week. Leave the Democrats behind. Well, I'm sure we'll revisit that next week. Yeah, yeah, we will. James, I have watched the end of BoJack Horseman. Shed a tear for that. The series is over. The show is completely finished now as well. So I watched that, finished that today. And also I saw the new Armando Iannucci film. What would you like to hear first? Oh, uh, let's hear about the film first. Okay, this film is called The Personal History of David Copperfield. Yeah. Now, when I first saw that title, I instantly thought of the 90s magician. Right. But this is, of course, the, I want to say, a book by Charles Dickens. Yes. I was unaware of this. However, watched it and it was the most enjoyable time. Uh It was fab. So it's Dev Patel. Yeah. yeah. Dev Patel is David Copperfield. Mm -hmm. And it has a phenomenal supporting cast, including the likes of Tilda Swinton, Hugh Laurie, Peter Capaldi, Mm -hmm. Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. (laughs) She's got a name. Gwendolyn. remembers it? Not us. Gwendolyn somebody. Gwendolyn. Anyway, phenomenal cast all round. And it is, it's just so intricately woven. And the characters have heart and it's funny. It's very, very funny. Yeah, it looks great. It's entertaining. It's a story well told. And it was only, yeah, I, I guess I was aware very shortly afterwards that it was a Dickens book because of, right. I guess, the way in which the story was being told. However, it's very much an Iannucci film. Yeah. He most recently did Death of Stalin, which was a essentially a st- satirical take on the end of the Russian Revolution? No. It's the end of S- Stalin's time. The Soviet in, in, regime. Here we go. That's the one. That's the word I was looking for. And that was... I thought it was excellent. I really enjoyed it. This, I enjoyed more. But it's... I would say because the source material is so good in the first place, but he's he's put a uh, a modern a modern spin on it. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for this, and it just looked maximally charming. And, and De- like the, the main performance is Dev Patel, and he's brilliant. He's really good. I liked it a lot. So if you do get a chance, again, it's just another breezy ninety-five minute movie. Very enjoyable. If you do get the chance to see it, check it out. Liked it a lot. Absolutely. It's a charming wee film. Do you want to hear about a film that I watched? Yes, absolutely. What have you been watching, James? I I, I recently watched Chappie. Oh, did you? 
Yeah. Okay, this is... Remind me, correct me if I'm wrong. All right. Is this a Peter Jackson film? No. Who did the, Who directed it? Uh, oh, I just forgot his name right now because he said a different name. Blomkamp? <laughs> Neil Blomkamp? Yeah. Hey. And the South African, South African actor who he works well, with a and, lot. Well, now hold on. It's with the S- South African rappers. The Advert. Music group. The Advert. I can't ever say it right. <laughs> D D Antford. Yeah, that's why that's what I'm going for. I always miss the middles. Long story short, it is a CGI robot doing stuff. Charlotte it's Charlotte Copley. He's yeah. he's the robot. He's being the robot. I've seen some behind the scenes for this. The way they did this the CGI robot is painstakingly slow, but incredibly well done. And the story is super nice and charming but violent and awful. If that makes sense, so it's like this robot who's learning. He's he's learning how to learn. Yeah, and how to be a how to be a being, because um, it's been a bit unleashed from its uh, AI overlording, uh, and it's trying to survive and it's trying to help its friends. And it's a crazy interesting film because it does. It feels a bit like a joke. It's also with Dev Patel in the lead role. Yeah, again, we've we've both done it this time. We got we got Dev coming in. <laughs> wow. Uh, it makes you question a couple of things about beings and learning and about consciousness. Like even though it's just like a dumb explosions and guns and stuff film, it's it's also the classic Blomkamp. Um, de- it's got depth to it and questions that you didn't think you'd be asking, just like District Nine did and like most of his works do. Uh, and it's just super nice and stylish. If you if you're not violence adverse, and you don't mind a swear word or or, or four, uh, I would give this one a watch for sure. Right. So I remember watching Chappie, and I will like I would like to rewatch it because I remember not thinking much of it at the time. Oh no no, this is and and and, and the the technical the technical achievement of the whole thing is also a reason to watch it once I, you realize how difficult it all is to make. I also didn't think much of Dianverd's performances. They were just being them. That's half the charm is it's just, you can you can tell they just asked a couple of amateurs to just do stuff and it's hilarious. Like if you if you don't view it as a serious work of art, but more of a technical piece and a bit of fun, but also a delving into what it is to be conscious, it's really interesting. But it was, I enjoyed it a lot. But it was even to the, to the extent that the members of Dianvert, who are called Ninja and Yolandi... Are in the film, or called Ninja Yolandi. So it's just yeah. like, oh, here's a sci-fi film which happens to feature Dianvert as themselves. Yeah, which is and that's great because because it, it removes the constraints from the film at that point because you don't have to start thinking about how serious it is or how realistic it is. No, but I but that's where I lost it because I'm just thinking those are two members of the two members of Dianvert and they can't act or they can't act very well. Okay, so next time you watch it, you've got to allow yourself to just let go of that part of the critical film brain stuff. Okay. Because that is why they've done this. They didn't rename the characters because then if they did, it would be a question of how seriously are we taking this? Have we tried hard enough? Have we done well enough? But we don't have to think about all that stuff because they allowed themselves just to put these people in their film. And it's just hilarious. Okay. And I think they do some, some of the parts they do is great. They've, they've had some really convincing moments. I was impressed. Okay. Fair enough. I'll like, tell. it's really dumb. This film is, like, super dumb. You know exactly what's going to happen the whole time. But 
I thought it was great. Blomkamp hasn't made anything since this film, by the way. No, nothing feature, nothing feature length. Yeah, he's had his YouTube stuff going, which yeah. I've really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and his name has been tied to a couple things, but I don't know how soon they're coming out. Okay, anyway, time is ticking away. Let me talk about BoJack Horseman. Now, James, you finished this a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. gave us a, a rough, very vague review. Let me add to the vagueness. Spoiler-free review. <laughs> I did. I'm very sad to see this show end. Yeah. Because it, to me, having now watched all six seasons, it is up there with the best TV shows that I've ever seen. It, it honestly is phenomenal. Oh, for sure. Like, genuinely, it's not just like, hey, I can't believe a cartoon did this good. It would be any TV series would be would be good. It's not about the art, the art form. Exactly. It's just a good show. It's the way that the... It's the portrayal of the characters. It's the storylines. It's what happens to them as people. It's how relatable parts of it is, what the whole of it is, as well as the fact that by the end of the show, you're just thinking, oh, Gosh, is there a happy ending for anybody? <laughs> is, there, is there a happy ending for anybody is about your thoughts for the show since the first episode. Well, precisely, but it just went further and further down the rabbit hole than I ever yeah. could have expected after watching season one. Yeah. But it is just phenomenal. And I thought the way that the, that the show ended was pretty much the like the best way possible they could have done it. They gave everybody that sort of... Uh, somewhat traditional like send off you know bojack has the conversations with the important yeah. people in his life we have the final the final conversations with everybody who's significant exactly but the you know the lingering final shot i thought that you know that is how you would end that show it yeah, went back to the really to job. the heart of what really was the the beating heart of the show at the very start i thought it really tied in very nicely and even the fact that okay the the message was <laughs> You know, life sucks, and then it goes on. Yeah, fair enough. That, that like, if that's the message you're giving, as as opposed to the nice, oh look, everyone gets back together and everyone's happy. Oh wow, it all worked out well for all these awful people. Yay! No, it's like you deal with your problems. Sometimes that makes you lose touch with people. Sometimes that makes you have to have major consequences. But it's in the past, and you can start building up again. I thought the penultimate episode of the entire show, where Zach Braff was playing Zach Braff, I thought was Zach very Braff was back. Yeah. I actually, I actually cried in that one a wee bit. That episode as a whole, yeah, was was one of the bleakest episodes of TV I've ever seen. Yeah, it is just an astonishing amount of. It's the writing, it's the animation, it's the story it was telling. I'm at the end of it. I'm just like, I yeah, I'm, I'm going to need to lie down after this. Like there is a few lines in that one that really hit. Absolutely. Like there's a few lines in this whole this whole season that really hit, and it was really cool to see the the, the different loyalties of the characters being explored. How how far they go with that. Um, like I I I like that they pretended they were doing a time skip, but they weren't with the trailers and stuff. Yeah. There's so much about the final season that I liked. Uh, there was like one or two characters that I wish got their last two minutes that never True. did. Um, but that's okay because I feel like they gave us some characters that we loved and the characters who earned our love got endings that I I didn't feel really bad about. Yeah. And then the characters that did not earn our love but we just liked anyway got endings that made me like challenged. Okay. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Have you seen anything else before we move on and wrap up? Uh, yeah, I have seen. I'll talk about a quick one. We'll do a major show next week. Okay. I'll save it. 
I'll talk about Umbrella Academy right now, though. Oh, okay. I watched half of that season and gave up. What did, yeah, what did you just, think? It's, it's just not great, is it? It's it's really not. I just did not just did not click with me at all. No, I watched it all though, uh, and I'm really good at enjoying things when I realize they're not great. I just start enjoying the badness sometimes. Okay. Uh, I do feel like I, I'm able to. I it's, even in this show, I was able to find some moments where I was like, "All right, I see where you went with that. That was a good message you just." you just shared but overall it's just a bit too dumb a bit too confused not confusing i got it but they didn't (laughs) i can tell they didn't exactly know what they were aiming for half the time and every character feels like a main character but no character feels like the main character and that's where its flaw is all the characters feel like unique and somewhat interesting and they've got somewhat complete stories but no none of the characters get anything significant in my opinion it's all just yeah what you'd expect but it's, it's the fact that because there are what seven eight main cast members yeah of which i would say robert sheehan from misfits is the standout oh for sure well by a long way he's, he's just chewing that scenery all day long and it's great he's incredible in this like yeah, i would not, agree with that yeah he's, he's very good but some of the other heroes are just like very cardboard. <sighs> Most of the other heroes are cardboard. Yeah, as thinly sketched a character as you could get. Whereas yeah, I think so he's he, really living he's it. He's real good. The kid's pretty great in terms of kid acting. But, but I feel like we've seen that character before. And I feel like we've seen that character before in School of Rock. And overall, I, I, I it didn't make me like crave season two immediately. Right, but I'm probably okay. going to watch season two just to see what happens. Well, if I end up having endless oodles of time at some point in the near future, maybe I'll finish the season. Yeah, we'll this is not one that I would say put on the list if you're okay. if you are pushed for time. But if you're like me, you just have a couple of hours here and there. I still have True Detective to and watch. Like if you're doing some crafts, maybe this is a pretty good show if because you, you won't really care about it. Okay, let's uh, wrap up by quickly whizzing through some other news that's happened in the last seven days. The first one being that Friends is reuniting for a one-off unscripted special. Now, the first time I read that headline, I thought it meant they were all just going to turn up in their old characters in their old apartment and they were just going to like wing it, wing it, see how the episode goes. But no, <laughs> it turns out it's actually just the six people, which is Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, Matthew Perry and David Schwimmer that they'll be just chatting about the show. Yeah. Which to me was a bit of a... It's not a reunion. They've they've missold this. They've, they've missold it. It's not a reunion at all. It, the cast members are having a reunion, but it's not a friend's reunion. Precisely. Those are two different things. So I felt like the, the hype on social media was because people had misunderstood what this show actually was going to be. People thought, oh, they're coming back for a one-off episode. That's really exciting. That's what I thought. That's what I thought they were doing. A one-off reunion, but then it turns out turns out they're just the cast are all hanging out. And we're watching them hang out. That's basically it. Basically, and then they're going to get paid billions. Yes, an enormous amount of money. Some of them might need it. Some I'm supporting this because you know, like cheap, easy money is great for these people because um, they've got big lives sometimes. Well, well for and example, if they can, if, sorry for for example, David Schwimmer is in a new straight to streaming services Sky comedy drama called exactly. Intelligence. He is in dire straits, that guy. <laughs> yes. He's never going to reach the heights of his performance on Band of Brothers again, and that's it now. He's going to be doing straight-to-DVD stuff. Here's my question then, James. For any of these actors, is there 
life after an iconic role like that. For example, the fact that these six people, I would say Jennifer Aniston has made the best swing of it post-Friends. She's made the most things, but it's always just Jennifer Aniston. Oh, precisely. She doesn't, she's not a character. She's always just her. In the same way that I've always said that about Tom Cruise, I never feel like I'm watching a character. I feel like I'm watching Tom Cruise. Jennifer Aniston, I'd say, has had the best post-Friends career, but you know, what's Matthew Perry done? He was on he was on Scrubs. Was he? Yeah. Of course he was. Oh, so he was. Okay, but that yeah. was like 15 years ago, man. Yeah, but I'm just saying that was the thing he did. I do right. like I do like Perry. He had a lot of struggles. He had a lot of problems, and he's he's fighting to overcome them. Okay. Matt LeBlanc did Top Gear. That's probably what he's best known for. Uh he did was it episodes? Y- yes. The show that he was himself in. I can't remember if it was called Episodes I or think if I'm so. just like getting it mixed up with something else. But he played himself in something and he was he was great in that. Lisa Kudrow has done a lot of different things, but she's always just sort of ended up being like a Phoebe-esque character. Yeah. And Courtney Cox, I could, she was definitely in Scrubs as well. She was. But I could not tell you what she's done since. Yeah, but... So, sorry, that was a long, very long way of saying, do these actors have a post-life career or are they always forever known for that one role? I, we see this quite a lot. And I actually saw an article about this recently. It was talking about... Elijah Wood, Daniel Radcliffe, and Robert Pattinson. And yeah. their struggles are the same thing. And what they did was they went full art mode, wherein they're doing the artsiest projects they possibly can uh, because they've got the freedom to do that. They've got the money already. They've got the fame already. They don't need another big blockbuster. So they just do artsy stuff and it feels good. And we see that in some of the Friends actors and other actors that are just well-known for one specific role. Uh, and it seems to be the case that you either go... You try. You keep on trying to find the next big role forever, but it never quite lands, uh, and you're always still just the same. Or you play yourself in a bunch of things forever. Uh, you go artsy forever, or you just don't do the acting ever again. And we got we see a lot of people who have a very big memorable role as their first foray into acting just quit, and they don't do it again ever. And that is a shame. But I, if you're known for something and you can't. I was going to say you can't live off it forever, but I'm sure the royalties help. Yeah, most of them, they probably can. Okay, anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about the news that Scotland is, or Scotland has, become the first country in the world to make period products freely available to everybody. It is, uh, the legislation, I should say, is uh, expected to pass. It's actually yet to pass, but it's expected to pass its first hurdle at Holyrood with MSPs from all parties backing the bill in principle. Yeah, that's why it's expected to pass is because all the parties are behind it, which is pretty cool. So, because you'd expect the more uh, frugal parties to try and put up a fuss. Yeah, I mean the costs have been estimated between ten and twenty-five million pounds. Yeah, but this would be the right thing to do, wouldn't it? Um, well, yeah, like the upper estimate costs. So they're saying the initial bill was estimating like a five million budget. And right. it's like, no, that's too low. So they redid it a wee bit and they're saying it, it's probably north of 25 million. But we're talking about like a tenner each like for everyone in Scotland to do that. And it's, it's, that just seems great to me to give people access to something that they didn't opt into having uh, that doesn't come at convenient times uh, and often you can't afford to, to, to uh, deal with. Um, so we're seeing... This has been campaigned for by lots of groups for representing poor people, poor families, the homeless, all sorts who just need an option to go to when you don't have money. Because this isn't just like rolling out the most fancy product possible as free for everyone. 
it's just something that is designed to support those who need it most. And all I've seen uh, in negatively is people complaining that everybody's going to steal it all. And I'm like, why would they? Are you going to like drive a van of, of it down south and sell it across the border? Like, you're not going to make money that way. Like, and you like you can't just walk into a shop and grab their whole stock and walk out. This is still like managed. It's managed free stuff. It's not just yeah. Take it all, please. <laughs> okay, let's move on. One final story for the week. One of my favorite stories I've read recently, the fact that Earth has a new mini-moon orbiting the planet. Yeah. James, this was a couple of weeks ago, a couple of astronomers from the Catalina Sky Survey spotted a strange blip of light zip yeah. across their screens, and uh, it turns out the blip is likely a new mini-moon. They're still figuring out what it is. Some people say it may be a hunk of space junk hurtling through the uh, the Earth's atmosphere, or an orbit, I should say. Uh, but they say it's been here for three years. Yeah, they're saying... And it's about the size of... It's between 8 and 12 feet. Yeah, like a, either a fridge or a car. That's weird, it's just but pretty cool. interesting. Yeah, it's just, it's just what's what happens in space. Stuff's flying around. It's not always orbiting... Um, in a in a path that is clear and in this instance a significant hunk of rock and or ice and or whatever else uh, crossed paths with the earth and got caught up in our orbit for a bit and they're saying it's probably going to escape the orbit again soon it's not a forever moon sadly those are pretty rare um but we've captured a friend for now that sounds like a strange sentence to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it sounds endearing. But in, in, like in space terms, captured is not a scary term. Okay. Indeed. Right, James, <laughs> we're going to have to end it there. Uh, how do people get in touch if they feel that strange urge to do so? Yeah, if, if we have captured your attention and brought forth a thought. Friend. Uh, email us your, th- your thoughts about stuff. If you want to let us know your opinion about anything that we talked about please do yes do it's always good to hear other people's opinions it is our ones are usually pretty dumb so yeah. please enlighten us um if you want to do that is you can email seesawparade at gmail.com or you can tweet seesawparade or you can snapchat until it dies seesawparade <laughs> it's on the way out it is we might we might as are we yeah, as are we aren't Aren't we all? That is what I have learned in the course of my life. And on that note, James, time to end. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week. Ah, yeah. See you next week. Let's let's make it a, a weekly thing. How about that? How about how about that? <laughs> okay, bye. Hey, bye, bye, Colin. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, goodbye, Bob Iger. That was just that one was accurate. <laughs>